Today I'm talking to Samantha Lindo, who is a singer-songwriter. To people who haven't heard your music, how would you describe your style? Um, I'd say I'm kind of flirting with the UK jazz vibe, um, but my vocals are very soulful and it's got a kind of Bristol trip-hop flavour as well with some kind of old-school R&B gospel background. How long did it take you to develop a style like that? That sounds like a very specific niche you've made for yourself. Well, I think it was a process of trying. I've always written. I've always written songs. So trying different setups. Um, um, Obviously, my voice has always had the kind of same quality. Um, So it's been trying different things, uh, working with different band setups and also just kind of accepting some of my musical heritage and being like, no, I I am that. Okay, great. Um, Especially when thinking about like jazz and what jazz is, I kind of used to shy away from that a bit because it kind of uh, pangs of like big band and and that kind of like uh, kind of cheesy uh, like jazz bar kind of thing. But actually... Uh, UK jazz is just making a real emergence and it's kind of like embracing that um, side of things like Ezra Collective and Celeste and um, yeah different artists I like like Yasmin Lacey and um, so I suppose it's kind of trying and both embracing what there naturally is there. What more traditional jazz artists do you Oh like? just the vocal greats like my grandfather was um loved loved jazz so I was lucky to grow up listening to you know Nina and Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and like Lena Horne he loved and and even yeah even like the you know lots of the American songbook and uh, he really appreciated you know a, a ballad uh, a story um a song that was delicately sung um, which I think had just more nuance than some of the pop that I also grew up listening to. Like I obviously love Mariah, love Whitney, like those kind of female 80s, 90s, like vocal greats. Like I totally loved them. Um, and yet there was this contrast to some of the more nuanced, nuanced storytelling from jazz. <laughs> So how did you find your way into performing when you first started? Well, I love performing. This is a thing I, I, in any way. So, you know, like school play when I was 10 or 11, finding myself actually, you know, in, in nursery. So finding my way into performing in any way that I could. And then that naturally led to kind of musical theatre and theatre and, um, and then writing my own stuff came a little bit later, actually. Although I did write poems as a, and songs as a child, but seriously, that came a little bit later. Uh, once in my 20s, it wasn't something that I identified myself with um, kind of growing up as a teenager. One song that I wanted to talk about is your song Lips, which is um, inspired by Greta Thunberg and the environmental crisis that's going on at the moment. That 
that seems to be quite different from some of the subjects you write about. What was it that um, made you think that that was something you needed to talk about in your songs? Because it's something I think about a lot and um, something that I'm involved with um, in terms of activism. So it was just bridging. It was bringing those two things together, really. And also it was about, yes, it's about the environment, but it's also about a celebration of people and relationships. And and that is what I write naturally about. Um, And I think it's just the context in which those relationships were, um, which which made it seem different. But actually, um, the spirit of it, I think, is quite quite integrated in what I do. It's just that, um, yeah, the... The angle, the angle of it was slightly different, yeah. Have you listened to much um, sort of protest and political music? And if you have, has it influenced the way you think much? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Nina Simone, um, like Young, Gifted and Black and the Civil Rights Movement and obviously um, Bob Dylan. And I think... I think it, they can bring together beauty and anger in a really rousing, productive, expressive way. And for me, it's like this this idea that culture eats strategy for breakfast. So we can have all the head knowledge that we want about a certain issue, but until it kind of gets us and hits us in the heart, like our change is really limited. You were featured in a Guardian feature called um, The Arrestables. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you could tell me about the experience, what happened on that day when you, mm. were, um, you were arrested in London. Yeah, it was, um, it was Easter Day. Um, and we'd just been to this beautiful service. Um, it's this church called St. John's Waterloo. And there was a female curate and she was baptising a child. Um, and she had been hosting all of these activists the whole week in in this church and gave such an amazing sermon about Mary Magdalene like looking at at kind of Christ dying and not being afraid as as a woman to see the parts of reality that that we'd rather turn away from that lots of people ran from um and so that kind of hit me really hard um, and then we went up on to the bridge where that had been occupied and this um, woman who was indigenous to Brazil um, was speaking and singing and, and talking about how when when they march to protect their home, the Amazon, that they're met with the military. So obviously there was a huge police presence, but essentially it was nonviolent, it was peaceful. And yet... Um, you know, this woman was saying that once the deforestation gets to 20% and it's currently at 25%, then the the whole, it starts to shut down. The forest starts to shut down entirely. And like we are, we are from a selfish point of view from in the West, well, we're all globally reliant on that forest and forests like that. And then there's the thing of actually the most vulnerable people um, who are on the front line are are the people with complete without privilege of safety and they are risking their lives and being murdered day in day out and it just felt like no no I can't I have to use my privilege in some way 
and if that means um yeah giving up my liberty in some way or you know being perceived as you know being a lawbreaker or none of which I would identify myself as at all but actually that felt like the the most no most noble most like pure thing to do um so then I sat there I sat there and I didn't move and we got we were asked to move um the the police officers kind of gave an order to clear the bridge and, and those who who chose you know we're gonna risk arrest stayed and I looked around me and there were so many women sitting lying singing being so gentle yet so powerful and um yeah for me like especially having been involved with an exhibition about the suffragettes in the year before and talking about them and 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 questioning would I be as brave as that you know and kind of thinking well now's my chance because actually what they laid down and sacrificed means that these women can be here now sitting in solidarity with, with this incredible woman from Brazil and it just felt like tingling like you just almost sinking back in history and just you know like in a film montage when it just kind of cuts through centuries or whatever and you just feel like oh yeah a tingling sensation of this is on the edge of things and this is where I want to be so I'm going to be here it's an amazing thing watching how creators respond to this because you can see everyone's opinion online there's loads of virtue signaling and all that kind of thing people list list their beliefs in their bios and things like that but it's that's the kind of bad side of it where it's dividing people because you're either yes or no but the positive thing is that people who have a following or a voice are encouraging people to stand for the important issues rather than I guess 40 years ago 50 years ago when people you know the Smiths were coming out and people were turning vegetarian because of Morrissey's lyrics and things like that that was like you know one artist doing one thing and that had a huge impact you can watch someone on Instagram sharing information and it's just like everyone's using their voice a lot more productively I think and I think that's really changed the um the landscape absolutely and and also you know we're all um, and an artist's job really is to kind of be prophetic in some ways, which is mean, you know, speaking, um, speaking ahead of culture and mapping new, new ideas or, or critiquing or just vocalising a different way. This is the part of the podcast called Hidden Gem. And this is where I give you the chance to shine a light on a smaller artist or a project or something like that that you think deserves a little bit more attention. Um, so my friend Nio is doing um, lots of live streams from my Instagram account in the evenings. Um, she's a DJ Anna, Anna singer, um, but she is part of the booty bass kind of choir and collective. They're a collective of female um djs so i do recommend like logging in on her or going to her instagram account and just having a bit of a party get yourself moving get yourself dancing it does just make everything feel a lot better so i recommend that what's the response been to your most recent work oh i mean the live gig was 
I think the most enjoyable gig I've played and um, had some great press reviews, which I was just really, really happy with. I feel like we really took a leap forward as a band and, and really kind of fulfilling the potential that I know we have. So um, both in terms of like narrating the songs and storytelling around the songs and then the performance and I performed at the BBC um, on BBC Radio um, on Drive Time which is great that was in Bristol um, so that was all just really exciting um, then my shows my follow-up shows in in London and Devon and up north were sadly then cancelled because of Covid so I'm just really grateful that I got to do that that Bristol launch um so grateful I also did a an artist Q&A um in collaboration with Time to Change which is a national campaign um around talking about our mental health because I wrote the song for my friend who has CPTSD because of sexual abuse so we did she's a counsellor and an, a budding author and a you know a psychotherapy student she's amazing so we did the Q&A together so I've now released that as a podcast um so there's been some amazing kind of um like a spin-off things from that release um and now we're just slightly in the abyss of not knowing really of having to kind of be still and sense what to do now got uh, music is, is on spotify and we can see your video uh online at the moment how can we follow you on social media uh samantha lindo uk so if you follow me on instagram um i'm doing lots of little kind of pop-up live things um without any you know without a whole setup just kind of doing nice little acoustic things um and yeah can keep in touch via that is also like twitter and facebook and everything but i'd suggest instagram that's my favorite okay great thanks a lot for talking to me samantha that's okay thank you Thank you.